Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia, and with me tonight, I have the pleasure of welcoming Susan Levitt, the author of Introduction to Tarot, Taoist Astrology, Taoist Feng Shui, and Teen Feng Shui, and the Complete Tarot Kit. Welcome, Susan. Why, thank you, Anastasia. It's a pleasure to have you on after our little scheduling dance here. <laughs> Great. So, um, unfortunately, uh, my co-hosts are not with me tonight, um, but that means I just get you all to myself, and I think that's wonderful. <laughs> what I'd like to start with is, um, well, first of all, let's tell everybody um, if they're interested in finding more about your writings, your books, um, where they would find more information about you. Oh, to find me, I'm in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. is just my name, www susanlevitt.com, S-U-S-A-N-L-E-V-I-T-T, -T, like all one word, and then you can see my books and see some info, or quite a bit of info I have about tarot. Great, thank you. As for those of you who want to follow along at home, you can check the website and see everything we're talking about. So um, I, w I really wanted to talk to you, and I'm so glad that you're available tonight. Um, your complete tarot kit. Um, I, I really enjoyed your book, Introduction to Tarot, but I think your complete tarot kit, which includes that book, includes the tarot journal, uh, includes a copy of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and a copy of the Thought deck. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great idea, and I'd love to find out how did you get the idea to do, instead of just another, here's how to read tarot book, a book that says, here's how to read tarot, and here's two different approaches with two different decks. The reason I did that is because by comparing two decks, you learn so much when you see the iconography of another deck, any other deck, because you get to see how someone else interpreted the tarot archetype. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, so the, you know, the Rider Wade Smith deck came out in 1910. The Crowley, Alistair Crowley's deck, the art done by Frida Harris, came out in 1944. So for decades, those are the only tarot decks that were around. Mm -hmm. When I started reading tarot cards in the 70s, there weren't the, the hundreds you know, of wonderful decks that are out now. Right. Those were pretty much the two main decks, especially the you know, old classic Rider deck. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I, because I'm an astrologer, I always kept trying to bring in the Crowley deck because there's astrological symbols on every single card. Mm -hmm. And by teaching tarot students astrology, it helps them because it's the exact same four elements of tarot are the exact same four elements of astrology. Right. Fire is Wands, the fire sign, Sag, Aries, Leo. Cups are Water, Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio. Cups, Swords, Spades, you know, Element, Air. Gemini, Aquarius. Hey, you're in Aquarius. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, pentacles, discs, coins. Um, we're going to have Virgo, Capricorn, Taurus. Right. So once they start, when they read the tarot, they can understand astrology. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can understand other, other systems. Or I'll take my astrology students and say, I know you know how to read tarot cards. You know astrology. I know you know palmistry. The Jupiter finger points the way. The middle finger is Saturn. You know, the Venus finger is where we put our, our ring on. Right. Mercury is the pinky. Mars is the thumb. Right. I'm just starting to, you know, expand the circle. Mm -hmm. um, and so by putting those two decks together, they're the two classic decks mm -hmm. of the last millennium or last century. Right. And they're standing up in this new millennium. I mean, they're great, great tarot decks. Mm -hmm. That's why I picked them. I also wanted to give the Crowley deck some credibility 
people kept criticizing it. It's negative. It's terrible. You know, he was a, a devil worshiper. Playing <laughs> cat's blood, and it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, um, um, he was pretty radical and creative for his time. Remember the 40s, the 30s. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to give a little respect to the Crowley death and just compare the two of them because you really do learn a lot when you see the difference and the similarities comparing tarot decks. Right. Right. Now, um, when, because I, I um, being an avid collector of decks and books and any and everything related to tarot, mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, uh, your books came out. I was like, oh, I have to have these. And um, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of people who collect things, um, sometimes they sit around for a bit before I get to them. Um, and then it's like, oh, I should have read this ages ago. <laughs> Um, but one of the things is because I, I read a lot of books, um, some of which are better than others, um, is that when I find a book that I think is really good, um, I, I want people to know about it. And one of the things I really enjoy about your introduction to tarot volume is that it's good for beginners because it gives them a lot of information, but it's also good for people who have some experience with the tarot because it gives it to them in a way that it's like, here's a different perspective. Here's not what every other beginning tarot book is going to tell you about this card or tell you about dealing with a reading. And I really appreciate that about your book. Thank you. It, it can be a big total rote beginner. I know nothing about it. Good, read Introduction to Tarot. It will get you started. The basics, you know, the 78 cards, Major Arcana, Minor Arcana, Core cards, you know, the, the structure. But for the more intermediate or even advanced reader, I explain a lot of my personal journey of what I've experienced, not personally talking about myself, but in, in saying how to read cards, how to serve, how to convey the information, and that, you know, I've been doing this for decades on, and long before it was a fad, and I'll be doing it long when the fad is over, you know. Um, yeah, I've seen the new age come up, and I'll see the new age perhaps go on, but tarot is, I think it's here to stay. I don't, you know, I think tarot is really grabbing the imagination and creative spirit of so many people. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I hope that the book would be different in that it has such a personal voice to someone who's done this for so long. Right. I've taught for so much, I've anticipated people's questions, and I'm answering what they're going to ask, while I'm doing the writing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's probably why it made more sense to you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's what I really like is that um, you're able to um, bring in the numerological elements, the Kabbalah elements, and the astrological elements in a way that doesn't make it incomprehensibly com complicated. Um, you know, a lot of decks have, you know, 23 different symbols and interpretations on their card, and it's like, it's a four by six piece of pasteboard. <laughs> this is a little too much information on one piece of paper. Um, and then, you know, you read the accompanying book, and it's not enlightening. Um, but just, you know, it, it's, I just kind of flipped open the book randomly, um, the Six of Swords, which is on page 125, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's six is the perfect number, the number of beauty in the Kabbalah. So Six of Swords as a positive card and just right there you've given somebody a lot of information it's like oh okay and they can start just with all these associations in this one sentence about this card mm -hmm. 
And I think that's terrifically helpful as opposed to, you know, six is is a number between five and seven. Well, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. But what does that mean? Um, and it's, it, I just really enjoy the fact um, it, it's, it's you give descriptions of the cards that aren't just literal descriptions. Um, you know, you're giving some interpretation on them. You're getting people to think about the images. And you compare what's on the Rider-Waite-Smith card with what's on the Crowley card. And, um, and then also giving the astrological attribute is very helpful for people who pay attention to that. Not everybody does, but for people who do, that is very helpful. Great, well thank you. That was what everyone said. You've made it simple, you've made it easy. I've never understood it before. Mm -hmm. They're like, it should be easy. You know, this, if you, we stick to the structure. If we stay with the structure, it won't fall down. Remember, is it major, minor, court? Right. Major arcana, it's somewhere in the fool's journey. A minor arcana, it's one to ten. What's this element that will tell us if it's fire, action, water, feeling, air, mind, earth, the material realm? Is it a court card? They will rule earth, air, fire, or water. And to just bring it down to just the basic structure. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you about getting a book where the text just describes the picture. Right. We don't need you to describe the symbol, you know, either explain the symbol, because I've sat through way too many art history classes <laughs> where the professor right, would, would say, now we see them approaching on horseback. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> so I, I tell spare everybody mm -hmm. that kind of boredom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then I just kept rewriting it, and this has been a labor of decades. Mm -hmm. It started just as notes that I passed out to my students, mm -hmm. and um, some, as a card reader, people would say, well, I want to learn how to do this. And I'll go, sure, set up a class. The notes just got bigger and bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. and I would Xerox them at Kinko's. It was just such a mess. <laughs> And I thought, well, I need to get published this. It's mm. a hassle mm -hmm. to probably send it to the man who owns the copyright to these two decks. Right. Stuart Kaplan of U.S. Game Systems, who publishes a great many tarot decks. I'm sure you have a hundred of his decks. <laughs> so I sent it to Stuart Kaplan and said, you know, hi, these are a bunch of Xerox notes. Um, um, would you want to publish this? Oh my God, they jumped on it. They said they loved it, which I thought, wow, because they see a lot of tarot stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, and they, they were going to send it, put out Introduction to Tarot mm -hmm. and the book, and I thought, great. And then they, I said, hmm, why don't we put one of those little mini Weight Rider Smith decks? You've seen those little teeny ones? Right. Stick it on with them in case someone doesn't have a, a deck and they're a beginner. Mm -hmm. They said, even better, let's include both that Weight Rider Smith deck and the, Cro the um, Crowley Harris deck. Right. And make the small new size, the palm size, which is a really nice size to read with. Mm hmm Great. Yeah. So we worked for two and a half years on the packaging. Mm hmm and I said, it must have good feng shui. It must have, <laughs> you know, the cover must be Chinese red. And, and they listened to me and worked with me. That's great. Yeah. Um, and it is huge. And I'm just thinking, oh, great. Now I have something for my students. And mm -hmm. I have like six students. Mm -hmm. I get emails from people in the Philippines, in Johannesburg, you know, all over the world. Mm -hmm. This has this great reach. Also, it's in English. We don't even think about that. Of course, we're going to write in English. Right. We're lucky. That's the world's international language now. Mm -hmm. It um, doesn't have to be translated from some, some from a language that isn't well read all over the world. Right. So that was a real was a feather. I didn't even, I didn't see any of this coming, Anastasia. I'm just thinking, oh, 
my students could use this. <laughs> just, I never had any grand vision here. Uh -huh. It was just but whatever arose, I just dealt with, and then this happened. That's great. Then they, so they put out the kit, also in 2002, the year of the horse, which is very lucky for me. Mm -hmm. So many people complained to the publisher that they already had a tarot deck and only wanted the book. Right. A year later, the book, Introduction to Tarot, that's in the deck, came out on its own. Mm -hmm. The year of the sheep. <laughs> How lucky was that? Right. In 2003. And in the deck, it's the book, the two decks, and then a little journal so people can write. Because so many people who do tarot also are more, I don't know, introverted, um, quiet, love inner moments for reflection. Right. Mostly, you, sure, you have volumes of journals. <laughs> the book so many people are journaling anyway. Put a journal in the book. Mm -hmm. put, so I put some introductory information, and we made the journal. Mm -hmm. And then I, I made a big pop-up cheat sheet. You saw that? Yes. So people get a, a quick, quick and dirty, mm -hmm. um, a easy answer, so they're not just totally lost, or even worse, reading the little teeny booklets that come with tarot decks <laughs> and the divinatory meaning is multiple choice. <laughs> and none of the things make sense with the previous definition of the meaning of the card. Right. So I thought, let's make it easy. Um, it's just a way to start the journey. And mm -hmm. then people can network, find other groups, um, go to the different tarot symposium all over the country, you know, and get involved. Mm -hmm. I'll tell students, you know, you'll pull the cards and some you'll know immediately what they mean, especially if it's the numerology of your birth date from the numerology chapter. Right. Other cards, you look at it and you'll say, I don't know what this means. I don't think I've ever seen this card before. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it's like anything else in life. The more you give it time, the more you give it energy, the more it will develop for you. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of throw the cards in a drawer and forget about them for two years, and then someone's in a crisis and you pull it out and they're getting a divorce and you pull the card of the tower, <laughs> well, you know, right? Oh, it's scary. <laughs> if you work with it every day in full three cards, body, mind, spirit, or just one card, mm -hmm. look at the picture. Mm -hmm. this, then you can start journeying with it. Right. Right. Now, one of the other things that I really like about your introduction to Tarot is um, you have um, two sections on doing spreads, and you've got some basic spreads, which are very helpful, because um, particularly um, if you're reading for somebody who's just, okay, I have 15 minutes, tell me what I need to know. Right, <laughs> you know, present future. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know there's, there's all these quick, nice basic spreads that lend themselves to a short reading because you're not always in a position where you can sit down with the person and do some breathing exercises and light some candles and, you know, get present and, and you know, do whatever you do to prepare and, you know, do a long, complicated Celtic cross or some other, you know, heavy, complicated in-depth spread. Um, but then, because a lot of books give you like, you know, here's a past, present, future, and here's the Celtic cross, and have a nice day. Mm -hmm. um, but in your, your specialty and advanced card layouts, um, you offer a number of very interesting spreads that I haven't seen in every other tarot book. Well, they're the ones that are sort of used, but they're sort of make sense for my life. Mm -hmm. like the chakra spread, so many people in Bay Area and California study yoga, mm -hmm. they know what the chakras are. Right. You know, if I'm doing a feng shui bagua, enough people study feng shui. I know after 5,000 years, feng shui is fashionable. <laughs> hey, great. You know, if it helps us, it's one of the um, limbs of Chinese medicine. How can we heal alone or, or in a chaotic or not clean environment? Mm -hmm. It helps organize your space, especially before you then do card readings or magical work. Great. So I'll put that in too. Mm -hmm. Also with the short readings, 
it isn't just we don't have time as readers. The person you're serving and reading for, they cannot always absorb all that info. Right. So that's why I always discern, hmm, do they want a full big woven spread like a Celtic cross? Should we do the, a Bagua map? Mm -hmm. and they're, they're an acupuncturist. They know Chinese medicine. Oh, they do yoga. Um, we'll do this big chakra spread. Right. So it, it basically depends on the person. Mm -hmm. A lot of people study Kabbalah, no Hebrew. We do the Sephiroth, the Tree of Life spread. But right. I'll tailor it to what the person will best absorb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because also a lot of times when you have somebody who's new to tarot, they 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 don't they're not up for something big and complicated. It's like, mm -hmm. so show me you know a couple cards and tell me about them, and you know I'll think I'll decide what I think about this. And this is not something that you want to sit down and do you know a ten or fifteen card spread. Um, they're just looking for you know they want a taste of the ice cream. They don't want the whole bowl. <laughs> or I have the converse issue, Anastasia, of getting emails from people. I bought your kit. I love it. I sat down and did a big woven spread, which is like a Celtic cross spread. It's right. at least a 10-card spread, and they're totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Now, they email me the cards and say, help. <laughs> I'll help explain it with them and say, from now on, um, maybe wait a year and a day, or at least till you know, next new moon. Um, give yourself time to just do a three-card spread every day. Mm -hmm. I'll rein them in. Yeah. And then, of course, the monkey mind where they keep picking and picking and picking <laughs> and says, right, until you get the card that you like, <laughs> right? So you keep picking, eventually you'll get the lovers. Right. Um, and um, I have a, actually a client who is the year of the monkey, you know, the monkey mind, jump to a branch, spread mm -hmm. a banana, peel it, take it by drop it, jump to the next branch. Right. Um, um, she had to give up her Aphrodite and give up her tarot card, and now <laughs> she uses my book like bibliomancy, where she just opens it to a page, uh -huh. and that's how that's the card. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm glad at least she's not opening it and reading Bible passages. <laughs> the bibliomancy Bible, you know, the whole divination with the book. Right. But, um, every, uh, everybody finds their own way. Mm -hmm. As an Aquarius, I'm sure you like that, that we're making it individual. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's because nobody else is, you know, like anybody else and everybody has their own thoughts and feelings and approach and perspective and and you know it's and also just as Aquarius it's like it's got to be different we did it that way before we have to do something different now <laughs> yet it's all the same because we have a universal archetype if we pull the Emperor's card think of how many thousands of times that card has surfaced mm -hmm. similar meaning so that's why I'm with you I love this card mm -hmm. yeah and uh, um, I just you know, I, I like I said, I really recommend this for anybody who's new to tarot because it is a wonderfully clear approach. But for anybody who's like, oh, I've been doing tarot for a while and I don't want to read another beginner's book, there's plenty here for that person as well. Um, you know, I've been working with tarot for rather a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, you know, I was like, oh boy, it's another beginner book. And I try to have an open mind because it's like, okay, when I was a beginner, would this have been useful to me? And I was reading it, and it's like, okay, even with as much experience as I have reading tarot, I still found it useful. Mm -hmm. And and that, that to me is like, okay, this is a very this, this is a good book. Um, you know, it's accessible for a beginner, but it's interesting enough for somebody who has some experience. And whether you know something about astrology and Kabbalah or you don't, um, if you do, it helps your understanding. If you don't, it helps you learn about it. Great, and that was the idea. Mm -hmm. um, that introduction to tarot has a 
two more things, and in the back I speak about how to do basic, basic ritual, like a ritual of fire, a ritual of earth, ritual of water, mm -hmm. a little on color, an altar, how to treat the cards. But I figured if people want them assumed, if they want to know more in any of the things that I've introduced here, then they can pursue that. Right. And the kit, the kit, I'm so glad that the Complete Tarot kit, it's $40. I mean, for all I knew, it could have been sold for $100 or $200. You know, I had no say on that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, $40? So, so many people keep buying it as a Christmas gift for mm -hmm. holidays. And I'm like, hee hee hee, how pagan is that? <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it's a Complete Tarot kit for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're supposed to stone an astrologer according to the Old Testament. You know? yeah. um, I always get a kick out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and um, it's a perfect holiday gift. It's, you know, it weighs five pounds. It's a great big gift box. <laughs> you know, forty dollars is a good price point for a gift, and mm -hmm. um, and it's bright red. And I just thought, what a hoot! Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, because it's also, it, it looks nice, it feels nice. Um, one of the things I really enjoy about U.S. games is they give a lot of thought to the production values of their products, and it's not just, they don't just kind of slap it out on, you know, cheap see-through paper and, and um, you know, with, with kind of questionable binding. It's like, no, this is solidly bound. Oh, and so and the, the paper, it feels nice. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a pen and paper person, so it's like, well, this is nice. And it'd be great to write on, except I don't write in my books. <laughs> Oh no, it's a quality paperback. And you know, high, the color, you know, mm -hmm. color separation, all of it is superb. Yeah, and I also like the fact that um, both are wire bound, so you can set them flat. Um, I, I think that's a great idea because um, particularly like doing the rituals or some of the, some of the spreads and things, you don't want to be trying. You know, it's like okay, if I put my shoe on the book, it'll hold it open. <laughs> oh oh, you know. Only the first couple of editions were wire bound. Oh really? How many people use the book so much that you wouldn't use it that much because you know the cards? I mean, you mm -hmm. don't have to flip the card and go to a book. Right. And I'm like, don't look at the book. Look at the picture. Right. Look at the book and get a second opinion. <laughs> Most people that just move the book, um, they started falling apart. And again, so many hundreds of people complained to the publisher. Really? Yes, the more recent editions are no longer spiral bound. Oh. And I said, let's have both. Let's have you can choose spiral or not. And then it would just be too complicated to put all that on the cover. Right. Um, so I know. So hang on to that collector's item. What's coming out now? Uh, um, you, it, it, the it's the lay flat binding, as it's called. You mm -hmm. can lay it flat, but the spiral's gone because too many people were losing their pages. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe just because I take you know incredibly precious care of my books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You mm -hmm. Me too. Books are something that's sacred, but um, mm -hmm. also you weren't using it to tears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In a good way. <laughs> um, so it, it's, I guess, if, if somebody who is new to tarot and the first thing they pick up is your kit, what would you tell them about getting started? Um, to take their time, mm -hmm. to read it through, um, and not get scared or freaked out. Right. You know, if they get a card they don't understand, that's normal. Mm -hmm. To follow with the tarot journal, just the directions in the journal. You know, 30 days of tarot. The first day, shuffle, cut, and the whole, in the book it tells, I tell people how to shuffle and cut and lay out the half moon spread and take the three cards face down. Don't pluck it and lift face up because then you're responding to that image and you're not clear to pick the other two cards. Mm -hmm. Take the cards, write down what they are, write down your sense of it. What do you think they mean? What is your feeling? 
then look in the book. What is the what does the book say? And you can just journal. Every, if you do it in the morning, it's prognostic for the day. If you do it in the evening, it explains the day. And it's okay, as I was saying earlier, that some cards you'll know immediately. Other some other card will make absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. And the card that most students and clients have questions with is the hangman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's okay if you get the hangman. Mm -hmm. um, and just to keep every day, do your 30 days. If you have to take a day off, that's fine. Then it's 31 days. Right. But, um, to continue. So that's why the journal is ideal, especially so many people. They're not in the barrier like us. They're isolated. I hear from people in communities. You know, in, in middle America, and you know, if they, people knew they even had a tarot kit, they would be harassed. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, um, and to stick with, just fill your journal, fill your journal. If they can fill that journal, they'll really, they'll, they'll be good. They'll know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Write it, write it in that tarot journal that's in the kit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to invent the wheel here and get overwhelmed, or just pick it up and try to shuffle it and pull the cards, and then. And then if you don't even understand the structure, you don't even understand the order of how to look the cards up. Right. Oh, and then once you've done that, go out and find yourself a nice blank notebook for your next 30 days of tarot journaling. <laughs> if you need it by then, because by then most people mm -hmm. have caught on and pretty much seen most cards, and they've noticed repeating cards. Mm -hmm. Seen. Mm -hmm. We know how cards repeat. People are like, no, it's accurate and it's good. <laughs> you, know, you should get the Queen of Wands three times. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, but you be, yeah, people, they're good, you know, people get great with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, although, I, although I don't know, you know, it's like getting a um, tower four times in a row. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how I right, felt, right. you know. Like, oh. Interested or they would never even pick it up. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're excited about it or their friend would never have gifted them with this complete tarot kit or the intro to tarot, but, you know, obviously there's something in them. Right. Um, like a lot of people with a lot of water signs in their chart or pr prominent in their chart. Mm -hmm. Pisces rising, Pisces moon, Scorpio moons. I keep seeing that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, a certain emotional, spiritual person that the tarot finds them. Right. Yeah, it's, um, I was at the San Francisco Barra Tarot Symposium this past weekend, and um, somebody, I was talking to everybody, so I can't even remember who it was, but I was talking to one of the uh, attendees and she said that she found the tarot because she was just meandering through her favorite used bookstore and a deck literally fell off the shelf onto her head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she thought, well, maybe, hmm, what is this thing? I don't know. She bought it, took it home, and, you know, now she's hooked. It's, you know, 10 years later. Um, so, yeah, so, so often the tarot will find you. <laughs> it fell on her head. It literally, it, yeah, it, it fell off the shelf onto her head, and that's how she found it, so. Well, well, that jumped after her. Well, that, that's a lucky way. Yes. I found tarot because um, when I was a teenager, um, um, an older woman, did a tarot card reading for me, and I guess you'd say she was more of like a hippie in the 60s. Mm -hmm. They sort of really paved the way for so much that's open for culture today. Right. Um, and had the, you know, the, the Waite Rider deck, um, um, the um, Rider Waite Smith deck. And what's interesting about that is um, that it's, we, we could even have a tarot deck for $15. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go out and, you know, hire a, the artist like in the Renaissance, to make a deck for us. Right. You know, we can, hey, for under $20, you have an oracular tool, mm -hmm. a book, you know, and a life guide. Mm -hmm. She did a reading for me, 
and it ended up with the Eight of Cups. Mm. Remember the imagery of the person walking away? Yes. Okay. And I, at the time, I was getting my undergraduate work at the Art Institute of Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Hmm. And I was spending this summer going to American Floral Academy to get just certified as a florist, thinking I can work as a florist while I'm going to art school. Right. To get a semi-skilled day job. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I said, well, how is this flower school thing? It's certainly not my calling while I'm getting my education, but how is it? And she did a, she did a Celtic cross spread, and it ended up with the Eight of Cups, hmm. turning and walking away. And I thought, oh, no, because I went to flower school, was working as a florist. Uh -huh. The flower school, they guaranteed placement. They gave me a job at the Bismarck Hotel, and it was nothing like ikebana or arranging with flowers or something beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, sticking hothouse flowers into styrofoam, filling FDD floral books. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh. Um, and one day I was dusting a shelf. I barely touched it, and it fell down, and some items broke. And uh -huh. it was, you can't fire me. You're fired. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> As I was walking down, heading into the subway, the cold wind was blowing off Lake Michigan. I put my big collar up over my big coat. And as I was walking down into the subway, it was, oh, this is, I'm living the image on that Eight of Cups. Wow. Yes, I'm living the tarot. <laughs> wow. So I went to the only place, probably in the whole area, you could get tarot, anything tarot, at the occult bookstore, mm -hmm. the near north side. And inside, they had astrology maps and books and and I loved the large-sized Crowley deck. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, Hebrew, because I went to Hebrew school as a kid, so right away I recognized and knew all the, you know, the Hebrew and the Kabbalah, and, you know, because I studied this when I was six. Right. So I nabbed, I picked that up and just started reading with it, and I didn't even have a teacher. I just read um, the Book of Toth mm -hmm. and just hung in there and did it and read for people, and it was, oh, that's the devil, that's Satan, you better not mess with that, and mm -hmm. I still read it anyway because it all came true. Mm -hmm. It happens to be a fringe benefit of the tarot. It all comes true, <laughs> right? If you've noticed. When I moved out to California at my sudden return at age 27, that's when I realized, oh, wow, people here are not going to say burn in, you know, burn in hell. They were very supportive. People kept asking me to read their cards, asking me, asking me, oh, will you do my chart? Oh, will you read my cards? And I thought, well, sure. And finally, I had to leave my day job um, with my art background. I'd worked in the arts. My last day job was with an architect in Berkeley. And I thought, you know, what? I may as well try it because so many people are wanting card reading. Right. And, um, and that was, and I thought, well, this, this will work. That was in the year of the Tiger, 86. Mm -hmm. I became a professional card reader. And I thought, if it doesn't work out, fire tiger, you know, red tiger, right. it's pretty extreme. It either will work or won't work. Mm -hmm. There'll be no middle ground. The next year will be the year of the rabbit. And um, I'm a Pisces, you know, I'm rabbit bone sheep year. Um, peak day, it'll be a really harmonious year for me. I'll have no trouble getting another job in the arts. Right. So I have nothing to lose. Pounce on it and fire tiger. It's going to be pretty extreme, good or not. Mm -hmm. It totally went through the ceiling, and it's been like that ever since for me. Wow, that's yeah. great. So, who'd have thunk it? Yeah, <laughs> what a great story. But it's just so much, and I enjoy it. And people can tell that I have joy, enjoyment when they come to readings, and it's excellent for problem solving. And I tell clients, please prepare three questions for the cards. 
there's no such thing as a stupid or silly question if it's a sincere concern. Mm -hmm. And don't say, oh, I can't ask her that. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> and this is Tyrol. We can be shockingly specific. Should I hire A, B, C, or D? You know, mm -hmm. should I take a holiday at A, B, C? You know, we can really, as you know from the Tyrol, really focus in. Mm -hmm. And it's all confidential, and I'm like, come on, let's go. And my concern then is service, to be of service. As we were saying earlier, Anastasia, what spreads do I use? That's not up to them to fix, figure it out. I'll format it depending on their question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm into serving what they need, which is why they came to me. Right. I keep telling my students, you're serving, you're serving. It's not about you. Don't talk <laughs> about yourself. You know, my student, oh, when she was reading for another student in the advanced tarot class, um, she said, oh, the hermit. She goes, well, when I got the hermit, yeah, I got, I'm like, whoa, whoa, no. <laughs> you know, we don't, we, if, if the, the person said, oh, have you ever received this card? And what was your experience? Then you say that. Mm -hmm. But if this is someone coming for a reading, it's not an audience for you to, you know, go on about yourself. Right. The reading is about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Serving them to the level that they can comprehend it and work with it. If you want to go to the deeper levels, I'm your gal. If you just need to immediately solve a problem and you may not ever do this again, and it was somewhat unusual, but at least I was safe and like you were normal, you know, mm -hmm. and we're not like, totally goth or scary, or, you know, we're <laughs> nice women. Um, yeah, we, and they're safe and it's okay. Mm -hmm. but you have to work to serve and then right away discern what level can they comprehend have this make sense for, for them. Right. Yeah, no, that's all very true and very helpful. And you know, even some people who've been reading for a while kind of get, you know, a little too comfortable and sort of casual about it. It's like, well, well, well. it's like, no, no, no. You need to be present and focus on your client. <laughs> you can't, just can't wax poetic and have a cup of tea and you know, you have to, you're here to really serve. Mm -hmm. And not everyone can do that. They have an ego or um, they can't be do that, um, I think, um, I, maybe it's because I'm the year of the sheep, and we're very good at filial piety, piety and um, just following rules, and, um, and maybe I studied Chinese medicine for so many decades, I'd, I'd rather just be, be in that way of saving faith and not embarrassing them and serving. Mm -hmm. It suits my personality. Mm -hmm. It's just a real good fit for me. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe if I was a dragon and an extrovert, and a Leo, <laughs> this wouldn't be it, but it's a Pisces and a sheep, I clearly found my calling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, no, it, it's, you'd be one of those readers with, with the long, fake, red fingernails and, and, you know, Madame and Dora and, you know, the, the, the special lighting and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, that just doesn't strike me as your personality, though. No, and that's not going to help. It's really not going to help anybody. You know, they want problem solving, and so many people, especially when they do their charts and a card reading, this would have saved me years of therapy. Mm -hmm. Therapy is very valuable, and occasionally if a client's going through a grief cycle, like the death of a child or something very extreme, I recommend you know, therapy and healing mm -hmm. and, and grief work. Mm -hmm. you know, partners died of AIDS, especially in San Francisco, there's a lot of death, and right. um, people need that sort of counseling and nurturing that mm -hmm. isn't just available in a card reading, always or usually. Um, uh, it, de it depends, but um, yeah, for us to have long nails or scare, you know, um, it's, that's, I need to just get down to how can we serve, and the simplest things are the most complex, the most complex things are the most simple, we need to simplify this through a picture on a, you know, on a piece of cardboard. Mm -hmm. Right. And how profound that is. 
-hmm. Any oracle, any oracular tool has that power. What we're doing, Anastasia, is truly the world's oldest profession between divination, midwifery, and herbalism. You know? <laughs> and I want to do this if I'm not going to ever retire. Mm -hmm. I'm in my 50s now, and why would I retire? I love this. Right. And this is one of the few, few professions probably in the world um, that I could be 60, 70, 80, 90, and you've got to see this old woman who reads the tarot cards. <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm down. Right. For yeah. as long as this journey goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, so speaking of consultations, um, do you work with people exclusively in person, or do you also do remote consultations? Um, I do half by in the house, about half by phone. Mm, okay. Some so. clients, you know, live. At, I have a lot of clients on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Some live even out of the country. I'm, I'll never meet them. It's mm -hmm. all phone work, and they've been with me for years. Mm -hmm. And others want to see me in person, and they've got to come or sign. <laughs> Either one is fine. Mm -hmm. Both are accurate. Um, and I set up to burn a CD. I'll either have it right there on the table where we're doing the reading, or it's hooked up to do a phone reading, and then if they want the CD, it, that's recorded too. Mm -hmm. um, both work. The cards will tell the tale either way. Right. They're there or not. Right. And um, as I say, either way is fine with me. Mm -hmm. and this is my full-time work, so people can come days, weekday, e evening, weekend, you know, what can work for them. Right. Great. So um, I noticed on your website that you have some classes scheduled. Well, I teach every spring. Mm -hmm. um, the next tarot classes will be on March, Sunday, March 2nd at my home in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And that's just the basic beginning class to understand the structure of the 78-card deck, you know, the major arcana, minor, core cards, and the four elements, a little bit of tarot numerology, mm -hmm. how to shuffle cut and just pick three cards. Hey, at least they're doing it. You know, mm -hmm. they can walk out and they can, they get it, you know, they get it fifth and they can lift three cards. Mm -hmm. Then they practice that. And then a month later on Sunday, April 6th, is the advanced tarot class where everybody goes around the circle and does a woven spread, like a cross, a big spread, right, for the person sitting next to them. Great. Right, right, everybody gets a full reading, and I don't expect them to be great at it. For some, it's the first time they've even laid out that spread, and they follow along the diagram and the introduction to tarot book. Mm -hmm. And I assist them and say, look, look at the pattern, major, minor, court. What are the major arcana cards? What are the minors? What elements are they? Mm -hmm. And people, you know, they know enough from the beginning class how to do this. What is the core card? Oh, what element does it rule? Queen of Wands, what element is that? Fire, you know, sort of thing. Right. Um, King of Cups, water. <laughs> and they go around the circle. Then I group about a deck of playing cards and say, if you understand this structure, you can read with playing cards. There'll be no major arcana, maybe the Joker's a fool. Mm -hmm. The king and a queen, and the jack would be like the knight, the page, the princess, you know, rolled into one. Right. Uh, but that six of swords is going to be six of spades. Mm -hmm. Ten of cards is going to be ten of cups. Um, and they go, oh, yeah, remember the imagery? And they think in the weight, um, weight deck of the, you know, the dancing, the couple with the dancing kids. Right. Or they think of the curly deck, you know, satiety, satisfaction, the flowing cup. You know, they, they oh, a what? And then they freak out because they completely understand it in the realm of abstract symbols. Uh-huh. And mo as you know from having so many tarot decks, most medieval decks of the century, the minor arcana up until this, you know, the, the, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, w only had arranged objects. Right. Like, like in a playing, playing deck. 
So when, and then when they start doing readings, well, I did it at Vegas, or I did it at Tahoe, they tell me, I did it at Reno, and people flip because at least with the, with the tarot, and you can look at the picture, and the picture sort of tells the tale, mm -hmm. but with playing cards, it's a total abstraction. Yes. But then I know they understand the structure if they can do it with playing cards. Mm -hmm. And then I'm happy, and they can go their merry way. <laughs> so when the people go, just two sessions? Well, they can, a lot of people repeat the advanced class, mm -hmm. or they come for readings, or I'm happy to work with them, and I say, call me or send me an email if you have a question, or a card comes up, you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. But so March 2nd, well, in the afternoon, is the beginning tarot, and April 6th, the advanced tarot. Great. And then I am teaching astrology, March 9th is the beginning astrology for the calendar, just to realize the astrological calendar to figure it out. Moons mm -hmm. in Libra, you know, just... You know, following the planet. Uh -huh. April 13th is how to read charts. Mm. Right, people go, oh, what do you mean squares, primes? Mm -hmm. We come back to earth, air, fire, and water. You know, it's back to the basics. Right. Then May 4th is transit, you know, prognostic. Mm -hmm. And I say, hey, it works for kings, queens, popes, and pharaohs. When do we invade Spain? <laughs> let's do, you know, let's do, you know, the Mars transit. Right. Jupiter transit, <laughs> you know. You predict to the day. Um, so people love that, mm -hmm. and then they all scramble for the software, and everybody, you know, the Bay Area, right. was techie. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I have feng shui classes on June 22nd, it's just the feng shui basics, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's the five elements, oh, because this is not earth, air, fire, water, in the Taoist system it's fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Right. And then, um, you know, the Bagua map, the eight trigrams. And then people get it, they understand it, and we go through my house and I show them, you know, feng shui things and how to organize and basic principles. Then on July 13th, we do the feng shui field trip. Ooh. Right, right. When we go to the students' homes, then we sort of get feng shui consultations like right in their home then. Oh, how fun. Yes, it is. And then they're free, they really learn mm -hmm. when we go to the homes. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's about as direct hands-on learning as you can get. Yeah. Wow, what a great way to do it. Thanks. So I teach every spring mm -hmm. um, the two tarot classes. And then this year I'm just doing three astrology classes. Sometimes I do others on, you know, progressed lunar phases or um, astrocartography relocation or mm -hmm. asteroids, you know, depending. And, of course, the classic tarot and astrology, which is here's the, here's the Crowley deck. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be hard. Right. And then the feng shui classes, too. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, also, you do um, sort of a little uh, holiday in Mexico. Oh, thanks for bringing that up, Anastasia, the tarot in Mexico. Yes. I get invited to do all sorts of um, like psychic cruises and, and to go to spas and holistic places. And most of them, just I can just tell it's not my thing, or I'll pick a card and get seven swords. No, I don't think I'll do it. Don't think. Not interested in that one. <laughs> Uh, yes, I know. Isn't it nice? We have tarot cards. <laughs> but um, this place is wonderful. It's real caliente in Mexico, just outside of Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. Because um, I know a bunch of languages, Gemini rising. <laughs> I used to lead tours for women around the world. Mm -hmm. But after um, September 11th, you know, metal snake year, and last time America was attacked was 60 years earlier, also a metal snake, Pearl mm -hmm. Harbor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, weaponry, metal, serpent, secretive, I mean, all of it. Right. Um, the, that, that dried up because people stopped taking tours. Mm -hmm. But one of the tours was I would bring people to Guadalajara, because I speak Spanish, you know, and um, in Italian and French, and mm -hmm. it's just fun, you know, babbling in tongues. Right. And, um, 
the place in Guadalajara, excuse me, in Puerto Vallarta, people would come and get drunk and drink tequila. And, 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 right, we don't want to be around that energy. No. I want to do readings and create somewhat of a sacred space. Mm -hmm. So instead, I shifted the tours to this wonderful place, Rio Caliente, meaning hot river in Spanish. It's an ancient site that the Huichole Indians, they're known for their the Paiute Indians. You know? Right. And their beautiful artwork, their yarn work, their dance of the deer. Um, in that, there's a beautiful little sacred river that comes through the mountains there. And it's not stinky sulfur. Instead, it's full of lithium. So it smells like light lemon lime. Oh. Um, yeah. And everyone's smiling and happy. We're breathing lithium. <laughs> and um, it's just a three-hour flight from San Francisco to Guadalajara. What's now, Guadalajara is in the center of Mexico. It's just north of Mexico City and a little bit to the left. Mm -hmm. about, and if you drove straight west about two, three hours, you'd be in Puerto Vallarta. Wow. So it's the, the big, big plateau in the middle of Mexico. It's really the soul of Mexico. Mariachi mm -hmm. music comes from there. It's in where we can look in from Rio Caliente and see Mount Tequila. Mm -hmm. Tequila comes from. Right. You know, they have all the big blue agave fields where they, and I've been to Tequila and the South of Tequila factory. And it's really, you know, what Mexico's soul and well, someone might say the South Oaxaca is too, but this is amazing. It's beautiful. And I go there um, a couple times a year and do card readings for the guests who are from all over the world. Mm hmm. And it's very safe for women to travel alone. So anyone who wants to just come, you're, hey, you'll, I'll be there. <laughs> very, very comfortable, very reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. I'll be there, um, I'm leaving in, in what, six, five, six, seven weeks. I'll be there December 1st to December 15th. Mm -hmm. And just go to my, either my website or give me a call, just susanlevitt.com, or the website of Rio Caliente, all one word, riocaliente.com. R-I-O-C-A-L-I-E-N-T.com. And they've been there since the 60s. I mean, it's not some fly-by-night. They're mm -hmm. very dedicated to healing and have all the healing modalities that are illegal in the state mm -hmm. for, you know, for all sorts of treatments, bioresonance, um, available there. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll be there December 1st to 15th. You don't need to know Spanish. You just need to get off the, air, um, the plane in Guadalajara, go to the little taxi kiosk and say Rio Caliente. <laughs> been there so long they know where. Just don't say, don't go to Aguas Caliente. Uh -huh. It's a beautiful colonial town, but it's two hours the wrong way. <laughs> and um, I'll also be there again May 15th to May 31st, mm -hmm. 2008. Great. It sounds it's like beautiful. It sounds like a great retreat. Mm-hmm. And I like doing the readings for people because they're relaxed, they're good reading lithium, you know, they're finally unwinding and they're open to really learn. Mm -hmm. Funny Anastasia, for many of them, it's the first the first time I've ever done anything like it. <laughs> you know, and we're so used to people in the Bay Area who've done work on themselves or just more aware that it's easier to read for. Right. And here it's like so profoundly new. They're like, how do you do that? How do I work? <laughs> oh, you know, they're just, you know, because we, we take it for, not for granted. We, we appreciate it, but we don't even really think about how an, an oracular tool would be accurate and would work. Right. So therefore, the phenomenon of it, but that's okay. And then they realize, right, we don't have long red nails and we're normal gals mm -hmm. and we're kind. Yes. And um, and people you know, love the reading. Mm -hmm. And so if you come down, you'll, I'll be there. You can read cards and um, 
it's a safe, easy environment for women. A lot of women want to travel. They don't have any, don't want to where to go. They don't have friends to travel with. Right. They don't know, you know, they're vulnerable when traveling, and you're not here. It's very safe. Mm -hmm. run by women. I mean, guys are there too, but it's mostly um, women, and it's very, very safe. And it's all vegetarian food. It's a healing center. I mean, no one's wasted on tequila and fighting and, and right. none of that with us on Vallarta. Oh, that's great. Wow. Oh, I wonder if I can fit that into my travel schedule somehow. Be great. <laughs> come in December or in May when it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's up in the mountains, 5,000 feet, a mile high. All of Guadalajara is a very high, high plateau. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like it's like you're in a, well, I want to say it's like you're in a foreign country. But <laughs> forget Mexico is so great and it's so close. Right. Yeah, it, it's not much further away than Tahoe in terms of travel time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. Yeah, we're flighting. I'm just getting the cab, and then I'm at Rio Caliente, and it's, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Mm. Uh, let's go tonight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd love to. I, I um, can look at my travel schedule and thinking, so um, what am I working in all of this? <laughs> um, so. I even had students come down for a long three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. The commute's not that horrible mm -hmm. but they have a five-day stress buster seven day ten day you know depending on pe how people can get away right or a lot of people save up their two weeks and come there mm -hmm. for a week mm -hmm. for, um, holiday from their job great wow that's, been a, that's wonderful mm -hmm. great anything else you're up to that you want to share with our listeners um just pretty much um, oh i do send out astrology updates by email every new moon. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I, I received your I received the first one from oh, you. It was right, about the moon and Libra and then Mercury retrograde. It was great. Oh, thank you, hon. I, and they're not too long. I know people have to work. They're usually getting them at work. <laughs> they can't go on and on and on. It has to be clearly written, make sense, make it simple, but convey information that works for people right now. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, and they're just free because people kept calling me. When's the new moon? <laughs> what does the number seven mean? What about the color red? You know. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just going to send everybody a free astrology update, and this will answer a lot of their questions. Mm -hmm. Still free to call. Right. So the one I just sent was for the new moon in Libra was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it's the new moon in the lovely and harmonious sign of Libra that's ruled by Venus, the goddess of love. Mm -hmm. Harmony in all relationships will be highlighted this entire lunar cycle, especially with partners and close friends. Mm -hmm. Time to appreciate your loved ones and be sincere in your intimate communication. Seek balance of body, mind, and spirit most important is mental balance because Libra is an air sign. But you know that from the justice card. <laughs> right. And the suit of swords um, that spades in a playing deck. The three air signs of Libra, Gemini, and Aquarius, hey, there you go, <laughs> are most powerful when creatively applying their mental abilities to solve problems, strategize, and organize. Mm -hmm. All three air signs in the Chinese signs of dog, horse, and tiger succeed by striving for mental balance and fairness in all situations during this lunar month. And tomorrow, Mercury goes retrograde. We <laughs> Well, Mercury is the planet of communication. It's retrograde starting Thursday, October 11th. Mm -hmm. And the retrograde cycle lasts for three weeks. It'll end November 1st, but we're not really out of the woods until the next new moon on November 9th. Mm -hmm. Still dealing with things that were started during that lunar cycle. Right. So Mercury retrograde, it doesn't have to be an unlucky cycle, like they're going, ooh, 
Instead, it's an opportunity to go back, redo, review, rethink, mm -hmm. research, mm -hmm. renovate, reflect, revise, you know, retrograde. Right. So this specific Mercury retrograde happens to be in the sign of Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> right. So in a bit of Libra, because it's going to go all the way into Scorpio, hit Libra for a minute and back through Scorpio. Mm -hmm. As we know, Scorpio make great card readers. Scorpio <laughs> is a passionate and intense water sign. Mm -hmm. Perfect for understanding the nature of human relationships and subtle behaviors. During this Mercury retrograde, be sensitive to the feelings of others and truly listen to what is said and to what is not being said. Mm -hmm. This Mercury, yeah, yeah, that's Scorpio. What's said, what's not said. Uh, right. This Mercurial cycle is most stimulating for the sensitive water signs, Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer, and those born in pig hair and sheep ears. So that would be an example of the sort of astrology updates that I've been sending out for years. Mm -hmm. And if people want them, just, you know, send me an email. Susan at SusanLevitt.com mm -hmm. and sign, sign yourself up. Yeah, great. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it because, like you said, it's a lot of information. It's very useful, but it can be read very quickly. Um, fortunately, being self-employed, I don't have a boss looking over my shoulder, but still, there's only so much time that I should not be non, that I should be non-billable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is nice, and then I can feel refreshed and can go back and deal with all of the day-to-day -day kind of stuff. So, yes, definitely sign up for it. Oh, great, yeah, so tell people, you know, give me a jingle, or just SusanLevitt.com, Susan at SusanLevitt.com, pretty easy, mm -hmm. and um, and then people forward it to their friends, and people send, you know, put me on the email list, and it, you know, it's, it's free, and it's easy, and then people just have a bit of guidance for the loser bunk. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This has been a great conversation, and I really have enjoyed it. Why, thank you. And it's been wonderful just getting to talk to you and, and, and you know, finding out, you know, your thoughts behind behind, behind the books and, and just putting it all together, and, and um, it's been wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much for your support of Introduction to Tarot, the Complete Tarot Kit. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, I'm thinking, oh, my. I mean, I, it, it, I, this is what arose. I'm just, you know, walking around with so many sheets of paper with my class for class notes. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I had no idea. I know some people like majored in English and they were going to be writers. You know, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I'm the author of five books that are published in seven languages. You know, I never planned this. No, but it's it's yeah. it's where you found you. You know, it's you, you found that path and and walked it. So yeah, yeah. And this is what it, what it has arisen at least arose so far. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for your support. I you, really respect you and your work with Tarot to Go and how networked you are in the Tarot community to ask me to speak about this. No, thank you. I was just delighted that you were local and available and we could do this, even though it took a little bit of a dance to get everything scheduled. Um, but it was just like, no, we have this, this treasure, this resource right here. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for your time. And um, very much appreciate it. And um, we've... Uh, actually um, we put your classes and your Rio Caliente sojourns up on our website so people can also check there for the dates and um, of course you can find out everything about Susan at her website at SusanLovett.com so thank you so much Susan and I hope you have safe travels when you take off to Mexico and um, hopefully we can catch up with you again in six months or so and find out what's new and interesting Great, thank you. Great, thanks, Susan. And to everybody listening at home, thank you for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can always drop us a note to podcast at tarot-2-go.net. It's podcast at tarot-2-go.net. And remember the dashes. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.